Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you. So much to uh, get into today, but I just thank you for the great comments um, and encouragement, and we know that God is working. We just want to be a part of what God is doing, and we want God to use us, and I, uh, that should be your prayer as well, that God would use you and the gifts and the talents, the abilities that he's given you as I mentioned yesterday, I preached at a church in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, and um, we just need to be willing to be poured out in the service of our king. And Oswald Chambers writes a bit about that, being poured out for Christ. And by the way, since I mentioned that, um, great experience yesterday, great uh, um, church service in Sturgeon Bay, and there are churches there, and the one I preached at um, last month or a couple weeks ago in Appleton Wisconsin, there are churches um, that are looking for good teachers, people uh, that are willing to teach, that are, have sound doctrine, that are um, willing to address the whole counsel of God and not hold anything back, Bible prophecy, Old Testament, social, uh, cultural issues, um, globalism, and that's part of Bible prophecy, right? So um, there are some churches that we know of in our neck of the woods that are needing pastors. And I would, I've been thinking about putting together a resource, haven't started this yet, but if your church needs a pastor, why not give me a holler? And you, you never know. I can connect people. Sometimes uh, it's amazing. We hear from people around the country that's, that are going to a church because of us interviewing someone on this podcast, Stand Up For The Truth. I, I think of J.B. Hickson's church. Perfect example. The letter of the year last year came from Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado, just south of Denver, north of Colorado Springs. And J.B. Hickson is a, a guest we have on frequently. And many people there were connected or started going to that church because of Stand Up For The Truth and had no idea there was such a community of truth proclaimers and defenders right there in that area. So this could happen around the country. So if your church is looking for a pastor, let me know. Give me a holler. Um... The book update. Thank you guys so much. Um, I'm still getting orders for we we ran a January offer, uh, meaning you can get all four of my books for thirty five dollars. I will extend that. We will continue to do that as long as I have books. Um, I am pleasantly surprised by the interest. (laughs) So thank you guys so much. And I do want to mention I heard from my publisher um, Friday, Thursday or Friday. And I was blown away, uh, blessed, humbled, astounded by book sales for canceling Christianity. So um, it's, it's, I don't know, it, it, God's doing it. You know how much I've been censored and shadow banned. We weren't able to put any ads up on Facebook. They were all rejected for the new book. So thank you again for your prayers, support, and encouragement. Thank you. Um, the book has done well. And that, that's because of God. So I mentioned also last week that Wisconsin has a spring primary, at least in our area. Not every state has primaries. Uh, it seems like in Wisconsin there's an election every other month. But So there's one coming up in a few weeks, then there's April. But I just want to mention some Christians who are running for positions locally. And we've got to get back to local politics, friends, local positions, local impact. If you are a Christian We are the light of the world. We are not to hide our light. We are supposed to be salt, but we have not preserved the morality in our schools, in our culture, in our government. So I'm going to mention names. As you know, we're a nonprofit um, program, podcast, and radio station, so we can't endorse candidates. But I'm going to say, if I were you and I were living in your neck of the woods and one of these candidates I mentioned is in you. I would vote for this person. (laughs) So that's why I'm mentioning these names. Let's go through some. I just got some brand new ones. I want to say Cedarburg School District. There's a woman 
young woman Laura Strobel is running. Um, and I'm assuming uh, most of these are Christians, or at least conservatives, and they are people that you would want in charge of your school boards and your um, county positions. So Laura Strobel, Cedarburg School District. Remember, the primary is tomorrow, Tuesday the 15th. Howie Miller is in Outagamie County. Jason Dorn and Nathan DeLore, both Christians, and they're in the West De Pere School Board. If you're in De Pere, you will likely, if you're a Christian, Bible-believing Christian, you will likely vote for Jason Dorn and Nathan DeLore. If you're in Seymour, you will likely vote for Steve Kane if you hold to a biblical worldview. How about Manitowoc? Tony Vlastelica. He's a school board candidate in Manitowoc. Tony Vlastelica. Um, Oshkosh, school board. Kelly DeWitt. Nina, school board. Tara Brzezinski. Winnebago County Board. Garth Seeler. Now, these are ones that I know um, so far. If you have more, that if you know someone that's a Christian and uh, hardworking, uh, Christian, conservative, or, or just someone that has a biblical worldview that maybe they don't want to talk about their faith, which is a shame. But anyway, uh, don't be ashamed uh, of your faith. Don't be ashamed of the gospel if you are entering into politics. But we want to encourage you to vote for these people. We can't endorse candidates, again, and I haven't. But I'm saying, if I were you, and I were in these districts, in these areas, I would vote for those that I just named. Um, I'll name them at the end of this podcast or maybe tomorrow morning. Now, um, Harbinger's Daily. As you know, it's one of our 200 resources that we put on our website. We have recently updated. You have sent us some great suggestions for news resources, ministry resources, biblical worldview. They're in alphabetical order. We recently updated this page on our website. 200 resources you can trust, and Harbinger's Daily is on there. Let me read something for your prayerful consideration for your prayers for this ministry, and maybe even uh, if you're able to donate financially. So the editors from Harbinger's Daily sent this out last week. Harbinger's Daily needs your prayer. Recently, Harbinger's Daily had a significant water event in the building we were operating. The entire six-story building has been completely condemned. Unfortunately, the new building we had lined up has fallen through. We praise the Lord that most of our team works remotely. The chain of events and spiritual attack has placed us in a less-than-ideal position. Temporarily, we will be operating at a partially diminished capacity. We know that there is incredible power in prayer and would ask that you pray for this ministry during this time, that God would help us so that we may quickly have a new location from which to operate at full steam and reach the lost by sharing more biblical truth through the news. Thank you for your prayers. And again, that's from the editors at harbingersdaily.com. And there's a button to donate if you feel so inclined or led by the Holy Spirit. Um, God puts that on your heart. So um, what else do we have here? Sturgeon Bay Update, churches that need pastors, uh, resources. So today we're going to get to uh, cultural commentary. Um, we'll talk about the United States of Entertainment. We're going to talk about Franklin Graham's comments on Canada, the trucker freedom convoy, and since this just happened, <clears throat> actually, you know what, let me um, just just pray for the rest of this podcast, just to make sure that uh, we are being led by the Lord and encouraging you and, and uh, doing what we are called to do. Father in heaven, give us the sensitivity to your Holy Spirit. Give us the boldness to speak your truth without, without apology or compromise. Please protect this podcast, this ministry, as well as those listening who are open about their faith, about the gospel, who are open about biblical worldview issues, who are open to discuss biblical sexuality and protect us, protect those people from lawsuits, protect them from uh, discrimination, protect them from persecution. We know it. It's coming, Lord. It's already here in our country, which is a little bit disappointing. Uh, not too surprising, though. But, Father, we lift this up to you. We, we know that you are sovereign over all things. And, in fact, we know that you set up kings, you remove kings, you bring people to power, sometimes to judge nations. 
and we understand that governments can be used for good or for evil. Uh, We trust you in that as well. We know that we are here for such a time as this. You reveal the profound and hidden things, and light dwells with you. So, Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise and glory and honor and ask that you would uh, just, just bless each person right now with what they need, not necessarily what they want. We love you, Lord. May we be poured out in your service. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so now, um, did you watch the Super Bowl? Have you been watching the Olympics? Let's talk about that just for a few minutes. Um, so the Super Bowl, I just went over to Christian headlines, and I see the first post there, the first article says, eight Christian athletes playing in Super Bowl, is it 51? 56. <laughs> anyway, those Roman numerals. <laughs> um, so it's good. They picked four people, four athletes from each team. But how many people were there? Like, was it over 100, right? Over 100 uh, football players. That's not to mention the coaches or the owners or the managers or the the uh, people that take care of different positions on the team and different things for Cincinnati or for Los Angeles. But out of all those people, and you're talking when you talk about the organization of national football teams, national football league teams, you're talking about hundreds of people in every organization. So I find it interesting that we're grasping, we're looking for someone who will just mention God which doesn't make you a Christian, let me be clear. But I hope, it is my hope that, by the way, eight eight is a pretty interesting number. I think it's kind of low for um, that many people. But they have a platform. What are you doing with your platform? That's my question for you today. What are you doing with your platform as we kick off a new week here? Um, I know the kicker for... Cincinnati has been very, uh, McPherson, uh, very open about his faith. And um, uh, a couple others on the Rams, I think, have been open. But I didn't hear anything. And I, I'm not loyal to any team, any man, any location. I'm loyal to the kingdom of God and who would glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. So I would hope that a player, if he's a Christian, would give God the glory and would point to Jesus as the one who sustains him, knowing that they can do all things through Christ. But not all of them do. In fact, most of them don't. There are a lot of silent witnesses. And I know these are young men. A lot of these are young men in their early 20s or in their 20s period. And they aren't mature in their faith. Maybe if they're believers, maybe they went to a couple things in the school with, for Christian athletes when they were in high school, maybe in college. But, you know, so we don't know. We just don't know. God knows your heart. So after the game, um, I heard one interview that uh, the guy said, God is great. I thought, oh, wow, there's a mention, a mention of God. But but Muslims say the same thing, don't they? Muslims, in fact, I think Allahu Akbar means God is great. Uh, So I'm not saying the guy was a Muslim, not saying that, but it's pretty generic, what a blessing it is to be here today. Well, an atheist can feel, well, no, maybe an atheist can't, can't feel blessed. But <laughs> anybody else that is not a believer in Christ and not a Christian, you can be, uh, you know, a, I don't know, a part of the occult and say, yeah, what a blessing it is today that we're following Satan. You know what I mean? So just because someone uses the word blessing or uses the word God, um, let's not read too much into it. Okay? I really encourage you when you read an article saying, hey, so-and-so, so-and-so is a believer in Christ. Let's promote him and follow him as an athlete and root for that team because he mentioned God. You don't know what God. When someone says and it's something about Jesus, you want to know what Jesus they believe in because we know we're talking about another gospel in many cases. They believe in a different kind of Jesus. They believe in a Jesus that that is a genie in the bottle, a God that will give you the desires of your heart, everything you want in this life. Well, let me read you a quote from Oswald Chambers. I wasn't planning on doing that, but it seems like this is flowing this way. I'm sorry, not Oswald Chambers. This is by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He said, God does not give us everything we want, but he does fulfill his promises, leading us along the best and straightest paths to himself. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. God does not give us everything we want, but he does fulfill his promises. He is good, 
And I also heard, I think someone, maybe this was after a playoff game, uh, or maybe this was one of the players after the Super Bowl say, God is good. We know that. But I'm wondering if the uh, players on the Cincinnati Bengals team would also say God is good. <gasps> they just lost the game. Is God still good? What about you, Christian? If you've lost a job, is God still good? If you are sick, is God still good? If you're going through financial difficulty, if you're going through a dry time right now, is God still good? Yes, God is good because he never changes, right? The Bible says, I, the Lord, do not change. And in Hebrews, it tells us Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when we look at something like, and I wasn't planning on going here. I trust that this is the Holy Spirit. Um, when we look at something like Psalm 37, by the way, it says there, the, the wicked, there will be justice and the wicked will not be um, around forever. But it, there's a section there at the beginning that says, um, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, we in American Christianity under the um, Best Life Now theology have been kind of conditioned to think of that as God will give me what I want. Well, what is that quote I just read? Dietrich Bonhoeffer, God does not give us everything we want, but he does fulfill his promises. But that philosophy, that mentality, that it is a philosophy. Your best life now, it is a philosophy because it is not biblical. If you can have your best life now, why would you want heaven? Why would you want to give your life, invest your life for a God that sacrificed himself for you when you can have a good life now? You don't have to wait till heaven. Well, what is good? We have to come back to that word again. We have to define what is good. Is God good? Yes. Are we good? Well, we can do good works, can't we? But what does the Bible teach about the human heart? It is not good, is it? I'm not saying people can't do good things and there aren't some wonderful human beings. Whether they believe in Jesus or not, there are some really good human beings. Atheists can do good works. Atheists can do good things. Atheists can volunteer for you know, an animal shelter. Atheists can help, you know, serve at a soup kitchen. And atheists can do that just because they feel like helping their neighbor. So, but does that make them good? So what about Christians? What makes us good? Nothing but the righteousness of Christ and his blood shed for us. That's how we become righteous, just the righteousness of Christ. It's because of what Jesus did, not because of anything we do. So when a player says God is good or um, God is great, um, yeah, I just, I, I remember, was it Kurt Warner? I don't remember. There was, a, there was an NFL football player years ago that was a Christian, and even uh, when they lose, he would point up and say, thank you, Lord, you're still God, you're still sovereign. In other words, you're, you're a good God whether we lose this game or whether we win this game. And that's our faith, isn't it? Whether we go through trials, temptations, tests, hard times in life, God is God, and he never changes. So I just wanted to encourage you with that. And by the way, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who we quoted, <clears throat> he's famously uh, known for saying, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. God will not hold us guiltless. And there's a proverb that says, I'm paraphrasing, it says, um, to, to know someone who has need or you have an opportunity to do good and you choose not to do good, then that's a problem. That's a problem. It is not good if, you, if it is within your power to act to do a good deed, to give of yourself, your time, your resources, your money, or whatever, and it is, God gives you an opportunity, and it's in your power to do that, and you don't do it, check your heart. That's You can look up that proverb. But um, So the point, to, what's to the point of all this? Um, when we come back after our break, there's some things I want to discuss briefly. I'm not going to hammer away on this. We've talked about this in past um, years when we've talked about the Super Bowl halftime shows and some Christians and how they react. Um, and what, how do you define entertainment? If you're a Christian, do you, find enter, do you define entertainment differently than the world? Also, I've heard some comments, interesting comments at the Olympics. 
on television uh, Friday night when I tuned in for a few minutes. We'll talk about that when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. There are some recommended medical providers. We have a list here locally if you're in Wisconsin, Northeast Wisconsin. So we're interesting that we're really trying to be more of a resource and not just a podcast that uh, bloviates about cultural commentary and the biblical worldview and apologetics. Um, yes, that's important. That's all important. But we also need to make an impact at the local level and help people who are in need, help those who are hurting. And we can't do it all. But we, we uh, do have um, recommendations for doctors in Green Bay. Um, where else? Appleton, Little Shoot. There are pharmacies that we recommend. There's a nutritionist that's actually one of our business sponsors that we recommend. And so we are continuing to add to that list for good doctors that will not argue with you and insist on a certain COVID protocol, for example, or treatments for you and only give you limited options for treatments. So if you know of a good doctor, please email us comments at standupforthetruth.com. And uh, in a couple weeks, oh, by the way, um, okay, keep that train of thought. In a couple weeks, we are going to have a couple local business owners. Um, this, I just want to say so much, but I can't yet. Uh, one of them received a letter from the Wisconsin Department of Safety and Professional Services. The government basically uh, said, hey, we got a complaint, an anonymous complaint. Um, and we are attempting to get your response to emails we sent to you. This is to the Christian who owns a local business who apparently um, only met, said something about wearing masks and about uh, the mandates or something like that uh, regarding her business. In other words, she, she gave her employees the choice on whether to wear them or not, didn't enforce that or make them uh, wear masks or, or get vaccinated or things like that. So now the government's coming after her and her husband, because they you know, own the business. Um, so an investigator from the government, from Wisconsin, over in Madison, Madtown, Moscow East. Or is it West? No, it's East. Is it East? Yeah. Anyway, um, they're going to be on the show with us. And her sister is a, another business owner, a separate business, business owner, who she's got some examples of what happened to a few of her employees who were vaccinated that the news will never cover. So this is going to be an amazing podcast. I believe it's a week from this Friday, if I'm not mistaken. So we're trying to make an impact at the local level and get you information you need and uh, doing that a day at a time here, right? It's all we have. So now the Super Bowl. Um, I didn't watch the entire halftime show. I, I record things. Now, we have the blessing to be able to do that so I don't have to sit through commercials, so I don't have to watch the whole game. I can just skip through it, skip to what I want, meaning I want to just, just see what, what they're offering up this year, what the godless, woke, social justice, agenda-driven NFL is putting out there for their halftime show. And I saw Ranch. I, I, it was a rap show, from what I understand. The whole thing was rap. Um, which that's your choice if, you know, you, you listen to music because that music is just entertainment, right? Well, apparently a lot of people, a majority of Americans love rap music. Who knew? So that was the halftime show. I saw a lot of crotch grabbing. I saw a lot of female dancers dressed pretty provocatively, and they were gyrating in their movements. Not unlike the um, Jennifer Lopez and who, Shakira show that we, that we did an a article on several years ago. One of the most offensive halftime shows I've seen and um, commented on and did a show on. Um, but this was something that I just don't think is good for America and good for our young people today. Is that something we should hold up as, as good family? And in fact, Fox News, I believe, put out something. I don't remember if it was on Twitter. Uh, this family-oriented halftime show. I'm going, are you kidding me, friends? Is this where we're at as a country, as a nation now? Where we're looking at that godless, perverse, filth and raunch masquerading as family entertainment? Really? 
Really? How far do you have to go where it's not family-oriented, family-friendly entertainment? So our definitions have changed. And what is accepted is now shocking. Our great-grandparents' friends would be astounded at what is allowed in our culture and our society openly today, proudly trumpeted and paraded through our society as acceptable entertainment. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. So I don't think I need to hammer that point home. But yeah, the the halftime show. So I just didn't spend much time on social media over the weekend, but I just went over to Facebook to see if anybody was talking about this. Because most of the people that I connect with are Christians and Bible-believing. And I was disappointed to see some of the response. First of all, families with young children and teenagers sitting through the whole halftime show watching it. What's their response? Yeah, it was pretty boring this year. If you are a Bible-believing Christian, and that is your only response after having your family sit through the entire Super Bowl halftime show, you should probably get into the Word of God. I'll just stop right there. Just go to God. Ask God if that's okay to allow your kids to watch that. Ask God if that's okay to uh, even allow that into your own mind. Now, we're talking about soul pollution. I don't think I coined the term, but I've written about this for about 10, 15 years. Soul pollution, meaning the mind, the will, the emotions, our soul What are we allowing into our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions? Um, This is important, friends. This is really important. Um, hmm. And I don't want to be too hard on on you, because I know there's a lot of young Christians maybe that that are listening. They're going, why are you being so hard on on Christians who just want to watch the Super Bowl and watch the halftime show? Because it's not just the Super Bowl, is it? They don't call it programming for no reason. Television programming. Understand that, friends. This is so important. We've got to rise above this filth, this garbage. Someone posted a picture on my um, timeline um, in the last several days. I don't remember where it is now or or who did it. But it's a, a... animated you know picture or meme of s- someone or these arms coming out of the television set with a big garbage can and dumping it into there's someone sitting in their living room watching television and, and they're dumping this garbage into their mind it's going into their brain in other words as if they the arms were coming out of the television set dumping garbage soul pollution programming um, into this person's mind. That's a pretty good image, I think. That is a pretty good image on uh, what is really happening when we watch some of the stuff that we watch. And I do it too. I'm not pointing the finger at you and saying, I never do this. I watch stuff and I kind of get to the point sometimes where I I look over at my wife, Rosanna, and say, did you you just see? (laughs) And that's a television commercial. These are television commercials. So anyway, I didn't see many commercials. Uh, I would love to get your comments on that. Um, anybody that, that sat through them. And it, it's just interesting. There was quite a social justice woke message in a lot of television commercials, wasn't there? Yep. I even saw something on global warming or what was it? What do they call it? Um, anyway, something about the environment and just different things. So they get their messages across. Again, friends, it's, it's, I'm not blaming them for doing that. You can't point the finger at people who don't know God or who have rejected the truth. That's just what they do. They're about money and ratings. That's all they care about. Christian, get get that into your head that that's all they care about is money and ratings, and they are programming you and your children as best they can to keep watching. That's why they're making it provocative and shocking, right? you got to keep watching so that your family, your children will watch, and then you will see the advertising, the commercials, those corporate sponsors who are who are trying to get their products, uh, you know, the sales for their products. So, all right. Now let's shift over to the Olympics. So I think I beat that horse. <laughs> I hate that expression. Why did I just say that? Um, 
over over to the Olympics now. Friday night, I and I, I wrote, as you know, I wrote an article last week. I got it here. Olympic ratings tank. Corporations, IOC, media ignore China human rights abuses. IOC is the International Olympic Committee. And this is, this is an article I wrote last week. Go, you can look it up about boycotting these Beijing games. Why? Because they're put on by the Chinese Communist Party, a murderous totalitarian regime, arguably one of the worst human rights violators in the world. And we read this last week, forced abortion, forced sterilization, organ harvesting, forced labor, religious persecution, genocide, um, infecting the world with the coronavirus. That's another thing. But anyway, so what do you think? Why was there no more international resistance or opposition to the games being held in Beijing and China, knowing that this is the kind of regime we're dealing with? I don't know. I don't know. They squelched dissent. They're big brother. They're always watching. They've got hundreds of millions of cameras. One of the most sophisticated and oppressive systems of surveillance in the world. Not to mention the shocking human rights violations. They're um, holding over a million um, Uyghur, uh, mostly a Muslim ethnic minority group, uh, people in concentration, or I'm sorry, re education camps. So I wrote that article about my concern about, I haven't heard much in the news about this. I haven't heard many people really talk about it. So Christians, again, when it comes to entertainment, and that's all that sports is, is entertainment. Um, We have to really, really be more discerning. Guard your heart. Guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. There is a verse. Um, I'm going to look up real quick. It's over at um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. 2 Corinthians 10, uh, actually verse 3. In this, this is not only what we take in, because the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is is life and peace. That's, I believe, from Romans chapter 8. So over in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5, it says, For we, though we walk in the flesh, that means we are in these physical bodies as human beings in this world, though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage battle according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Another translation says, for the pulling down of strongholds. Do you have any strongholds in your life? So we have these weapons of warfare. So let me continue. We are destroying arguments, we as Bible-believing Christians, and all arrogance And another translation says, anything exalted above the word of God, this says we are destroying arguments and all arrogance raised against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That's a pretty visual sentence there, taking thoughts captive and bringing them under the obedience of Christ, meaning nothing ungodly in your mind. And you have control over that, Christian. You have control. 1 Corinthians, um, I believe it's uh, chapter 1, verse 30, roughly in there, 30 or 31, says, we have the mind of Christ. So, taking your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, and we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. So the bottom line is we choose what we think, Upon We choose what we meditate on. We choose what we dwell on. And we choose what we take in for entertainment. So be careful, friends. I'm encouraging you. I'm admonishing you strongly. Be careful. We are not to be given to the philosophies of this world. Um, Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 says, Do not be taken captive by worldly philosophies. So, Christians, 
who, like, like me, we're trying to seek first the kingdom of God. We are in this world, but not of this world. Uh, Philippians 3.20 says we are citizens of heaven. So our citizenship is in another dimension. But we are living physically in this world, in this godless, sinful, imperfect, wicked world. But we are here for a purpose. God has a plan for every purpose, every, every human being, and, and we can walk in it or choose not to walk in it. But let's, so let's go over and just define entertainment. Entertainment from Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. Amusement or diversion provided especially by performers. Amusement. Diversion. Isn't that interesting? What is So entertainment is just to amuse you, right? What does that do for the kingdom of God? Nothing. Again, I'm not saying all entertainment is wrong. I'm not saying reading a, a, a fictional story is wrong, watching a, a movie is wrong. But you better be a little... I'm encouraging you, and I've got a finger pointed right back at me. I'm, let's be a little bit more selective about what we watch and what we allow into our minds and hearts. Um, so, amusement, diversion. What do you want to be diverted from? Uh, the realities of life, maybe. The realities of heaven and hell. And a, and a loving God who is also just and will punish the wicked and reward the righteous on that day. What do we want to be diverted from? Is that a, That's a, a strong message, isn't it? The reality of the gospel, the, the full gospel. So it's not just about going to heaven, is it? Just waiting and, oh, oh I wish we were gone already. Yeah, I wish we were out of here. Yeah, we, we can't ignore what's happening all around us just because we are saved and we have our ticket punched and our reservations <laughs> um, sealed. So what about entertainment? Something diverting or engaging, such as a public performance, usually a comic or adventure, uh, the act of entertaining, uh, of entertaining. So, amazing, just amusement or diversion. Think about that next time you're, you're wanting to be amused or diverted. What are you being diverted from? And a lot of times we get diverted from the Word of God because God's Word and so much entertainment today cannot coexist in the same mind or in the same heart. And I hope you understand I hope you you know that I'm really passionate about this and understand I'm I'm just doing I I don't want to be the the messenger on this so often but uh, God put this on my heart this morning and I I hope that it's Holy Spirit led. Um, let's be about kingdom work, God's business. Let's seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these other things will be added to us and um, we've got a lot to talk about when we come back. You know that tr- that trucker freedom. Convoy, that's still going from what I understand. And they're waking a lot of people up. And mandates around the world are changing. But has the science changed? No. Anyway, we'll be right back on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. By the way, Scott Shera, our recent guest who we had on several times, extremely popular podcast uh, about the death of his daughter, Grace, 19, at a local hospital because of their protocols generally and, and given drugs, a combination of drugs that she should never have been given. He launched his website, if you missed last Thursday's podcast, he launched a new website. OurAmazingGrace.net. It's about his daughter, Grace. OurAmazingGrace.net. It talks about her story, uh, everything. You can get everything from uh, her obituary to all kinds of uh, resources on there. Um, there's videos. There's uh, info- information on the tragedy behind the hospital that killed Grace. That's from the website. That's not my words. The love of money, which we talked about on the podcast. So our AmazingGrace.net. If you're local, if you're in Northeast Wisconsin, he put up, uh, I don't know how many billboards, maybe a dozen, um, maybe not that many, but there's a bunch of billboards he put up um, challenging people to get to the truth. So very, very uh, good and important story. It's gone national, um, Newsmax, uh, Epic Times, so many other outlets have picked up the story. Uh, thank God he is within a half hour from here and he came in here uh, right away, immediately, we've been helping him. So Scott Shera. Um, so Franklin Graham spoke on the, the Canada, um, 
I don't want to say it's a Canada, Canada Freedom Convoy because Canada and freedom don't go together anymore, as even citizens there would admit. My wife, as you know, is from Toronto. Um, uh, but Franklin Graham has spoken out as several provinces in Canada have been very, very harsh. And as Pastor Tim Stevens said last week on this podcast, some of the most strict mandates in the world. And um, Trudeau, meanwhile, he seems to continue just uh, doubling down. Uh, but Franklin Graham said, um, let me get to, get to the heart of his quote, Go, truckers, go. Great news. Several provinces in Canada are beginning to pull back from mandates that have been weighing down the people. Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Quebec, and I think a couple more actually since then, since this article, have announced that they're going to back off on COVID restrictions. And one in Alberta said the vaccine passport program would end has ended, and there are others. So it's interesting that it took truckers. So Canada is clearly one of the uh, odds-on favorites in determining which jurisdiction has engaged in the most uh, uh, COVID chaos. And that's very sad because we, we love our brothers and sisters in Canada, as we do those around the world, but they have been suffering, and some of their churches, as you know, have come under severe attack, lockdowns, oppression, suppression, so pray for our church family in Canada and pray for freedom, that it would continue to be restored, that the people, it seems like this whole convoy, this freedom convoy is stirring people's hearts. But I see other headlines as well. Um, Ontario Superior Court granted an injunction against honking horns in downtown Ottawa. Did you see the Babylon Bee uh, story? I think it was in the last couple of days, says... Um, and it's re- reference to the Old Testament in the Bible, the, the Jericho. Uh, the city of Jericho has issued a, a, a decree that uh, uh, using horns are illegal or something like that, right? Because, you know, they blew the horns. They blew the, the ram's horns. They charged in and took over Jericho. The walls came down. So Babylon B. Uh, one other, the world is watching Canada em- embrace the Great Resist, <laughs> you know, because we've, we've read so much or heard so much in the last several years about the Great Reset. So the world's watching Canada, meaning the Freedom Convoy, embrace the Great Resist. I'm looking at a picture here of these truckers going under this overpass, highway overpass, freeway overpass. The trucker convoy is going underneath. And I see thousands of people on this overpass that are waving Canadian flags and having signs about freedom. This is a movement, I pray, that would gain ground and strength around the world. Now, I'm not saying that certain acts of defiance and um, what, what some people are doing, they're using this to go out and just create chaos, but not very, very few. There are isolated incidents of this. Um So I'm not saying that's justified, but for the average person that's just supporting this movement, trying to get the freedoms that they once had back to the citizens under the heavy hand of government, I love this picture. And who was it? I think Samuel Say. We've had him on a couple times on this podcast. He's from Canada, Toronto, I believe. Um, He said that he was at one of those locations where they were on a freeway overpass, one of the major freeways up there in Canada was the 400, 401, or whatever it was. And there, he, he said there were about 5,000 people at just that one location, that one overpass, waving flags. So this is not a small movement, as some in the Canadian media and uh, government have called it a fringe. I think Justin Trudeau, I think Trudeau called it a fringe movement. So anyway, understand what's going on up there. Um, let's see, how about, uh, this is from... Harbinger's Daily, a doctor, What well, I'm looking for his name, Dr. Angelique Kotze, C-O-E-T-Z-E-E, currently the head of South African Medical Association, was told not to say anything about, well, let me just get, read you the headline, you'll know right there. <clears throat> she said, I was told not to publicly state that, um, What I had was a mild illness. But the headline says, the doctor who helped discover Omicron, 
the COVID variant, Omicron, says she was pressured not to reveal it was mild. And what her, she responded by saying, they will not silence me. So God bless medical professionals like this that are not towing the government globalist line. And um, yeah, we, we've talked about Omicron. Interesting letters in the word Omicron, right? Um, so now, a little hypocrisy. We could run a story or two on this every day of the year on uh, liberal hypocrisy. And this one is down in Georgia. <laughs> Stacey Abrams lied on CNN. What? Well, this is over at Breitbart. A Georgia gubernatorial candidate, Stacey Abrams, appeared on far-left CNN last week where the Democrat was allowed to lie to tens of viewers. <laughs> That's not too far from the truth. CNN is they're losing uh, ratings like crazy. They're declining. Anyway, about her repeated violation of Georgia's school mask mandate. So a couple weeks ago, Abrams appeared at a Georgia elementary school for a political photo op. And afterward, both she and her campaign tweeted out photos showing Stacey Abrams um, seated with a bunch of grade school kids. There was just one problem, though, guys. I, I'm looking at this picture. These young children who have almost nothing to fear from the coronavirus, whether or not they are vaccinated, all these young children were masked up. They're all at masks on their faces. But Stacey Abrams, who is middle-aged and obese, was not wearing a mask. Oh, that's inconvenient. That's inconvenient. Well, we, she received a backlash for the photo, apparently, and social media went wild, um, exposing more Democrat hypocrisy. And I'm not saying there aren't any Republicans that are hypocrites at times, but this is uh, some of this what we've seen from the left is off the charts. I um, remember Newsom, the Emperor Newsom in California, and uh, what was it, Cuomo in New York, or some of these guys, and, and Whitmer, I'm sorry, Whitmer, in Michigan going to restaurants without masks, and they've got these harsh restrictions that employees and customers have to wear masks, but they're in there at this back room in their private room and a big table with people partying and they weren't wearing masks. You know, doesn't that make you sick? But that's hypocrisy, right? Uh, that's just what we've been trying to expose. Deeds of darkness. They're telling you what to do and they're, they're passing laws and mandates, executive orders, not necessarily laws in every case. So I wanted to point this out because I see the picture right here. This is something that's not made up, but it didn't make most news outlets, right? Because, of course, she's one of their darlings over at uh, CNN. But <laughs> she, so Stacey Abrams honestly believes that masks work against viruses, right? And she goes to what some would call a super spreader event, getting around children at an elementary school for a political photo, photo op. But as far as CNN, Aaron Burnett apparently had her on the program allowing their um, precious candidate to get away with this barefaced dissembling and lying. It's precisely what we've come to expect from today's media. Um, the double standards, what I like to call the one party big tech media conglomerate. And what this article, John Nolte over at um, Breitbart said, it's what we've come to expect from that raging dumpster fire, which is over at CNN. And he says, never change. Keep on doing what you're doing, CNN, because <laughs> they're losing viewers like, like crazy. OK, so I, I haven't seen what the ratings were for the Super Bowl yesterday. I don't care but I hope they were down. It's not because I don't I have anything against football, um, but it's, it's just what they promote, what they're behind. And the hypocrisy there too, right? Between the NFL, the NBA, uh, they have all these, these athletes with million-dollar shoe endorsement deals, and the shoes are made in China in these, these sweatshops, these factories where there's severe human rights violations. But you never hear that in the news. Hey, these shoes like Nike, right, coming over from China. Okay, that's for another time. 
Let me go back to something because I want to end on a on an encouraging note here in the last three minutes or four minutes here before we uh, talk about who's coming up tomorrow and the rest of this week. We've got some great guests, man. We are so blessed, and I'm st- we're still trying to get some of your suggestions uh, booked on the podcast. But I want to talk a little bit more about some of the things I preached uh, yesterday at this church because it is about God being sovereign and in control. It is about we need to let go of the past <clears throat> and what Philippians describes as forgetting the past, reaching forward to what is ahead, and pressing on in Christ. It's interesting in that verse, Philippians chapter 3, when it says, reaching forward. Well, think about that. Why You would think reaching, you're reaching out in front of you, right? Well, isn't that forward? Why would Paul insert the word forward? Well, we're not supposed to reach back, friends. We're not supposed to bring some garbage or past or baggage or whatever it might be that's going to weigh us down. We're not supposed to reach back. Forgetting what is behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. So three things. Forget, reach, press forgetting what is behind, reaching forward, not backward, and pressing on because it is an upward call of God. It's a high calling of God he's got on our lives. I believe in John 15 when it talks about the vine and the branches. I don't remember what verse it says, I have chosen you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. So that's the calling of God. He calls us, not just to save us so we can be, we're good to go, and now we, now that we have our salvation sealed and our inheritance one day in heaven, we can just live our lives however we want. You know that's not the biblical worldview. You know that's not how we should be living. So we, he has chosen us to go and bear fruit. So a few other points about this heritage that we have in Christ. We are so blessed, guys that we want to share it with those who, who don't know the truth. There are a lot of people who have never heard the gospel in America, right? So this is for you in Christ. We can live free from the guilt and pain of the past. We can live with power in the present. And we can live with a secure hope for the future. Free from the past, power in the present, hope for the future. God is sovereign. And again, forget, reach forward, press on in Christ. Thank you guys for putting up with my commentary and bloviating today. Hopefully it encouraged you in some way. Um, Tomorrow, um, Carl Gallup's troublemaker for the kingdom. He's back with us. New podcast Wednesday, Elijah Abraham in studio. And Alisa Childers, we finally got her book. That's Thursday. Check out her book, Another Gospel, and check out her podcast, J.B. Hickson on Friday. God bless you guys. As always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter. <laughs>